You're listening to HSBC Talks Business. Learn how businesses like yours are leveraging a wide range of banking solutions to maximize their success and how HSBC is helping them. Listeners should note that this episode has been recorded remotely, therefore the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to our Tomorrow Ready Series 2021. I'm Juliette Foster, a broadcaster and journalist, and also your host for today's event, Boosting Business and Personal Resilience. It is a big subject, which is why we have an excellent lineup of speakers on hand to provide valuable insights and discussions to bring our program to life. And what a program it is. And just to give you an idea of what's going to happen, I'm going to introduce our speakers individually and then stand back so that they can give us a quick background on their roles and experience. And what a panel it is. Gold star, because today we are joined by Nolly Waterman. Now, Nolly is HSBC Global Rugby Ambassador. And get this, she's also a former England rugby player. Nolly, that's like really impressive. I like watching rugby. I don't think I could play it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think you'd give it a fair shot. Yeah, look, it's a pleasure to be here today. My background is rugby. I played for England for over 15 years. And during that time, I went to four Rugby World Cups, came away with one gold, which was good. And I also went to the Olympic Games in Rio, which was pretty special. Uh, it was the first time women's rugby had had gone into the Olympic Games. Oh, that is pretty impressive. Can you beat that, Brandon Bickler? Brandon is the partner from Elixir. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, no, you, I'm going to go try. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love sport. Uh, I do love sport. It's it's a you can learn a lot of lessons uh, for business in sport, definitely, which I'm sure we'll get into, Nolly, won't we? But uh, no, can't can't beat it. Never never was a professional in sports. Uh, I am a professional in business. I'm a partner in a small but growing consulting firm, uh, headquartered out of London. We're about 12 years old. Around 200 people now, and we just IPO'd on the uh, AIM market last summer. Okay, so the IPO, initial public offering, you floated, basically. Well done. Correct. <laughs> okay, and next up, we've got Roger Wade. Now, Roger is the CEO and founder of Box Park. Roger, it's good to see you. Do you want to share some of your sporting <laughs> antics with us whilst you also int- introduce yourself and oh. tell us what it is that you do? Don't be shy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I hate to admit I come from a time when, when I played rugby at school and university and I played in the centres when you used, I used to have personal white tops and come off with a personal <laughs> white top. So, so playing modern day rugby just scares the hell out of me. Um, but lovely to share the panel with, with Nolly and, and Brandon and yourself. So my, my own personal history is I've been a, an entrepreneur for, for 30 years, largely because I was unemployable when I was younger. I actually started with the, the old Midland Bank. I think I've been one of the oldest customers of HSBC. I've been with them for over 30 years. And, and in my career, I started off with a, forming my own streetwear brand right at the very beginning of British streetwear, a brand called Box Fresh. And I built that up and sold it to Pentland, who I guess I'm renowned for owning JD Sports and were the founders of Reebok. And then I started my second business, Box Park, which I'm still currently running. And it's, I guess, the world's po- first pop-up mall. So you're a serial entrepreneur. 
That's that's pretty cool. But look, it's fantastic to see it's fantastic to see all of you because you're very busy people and we appreciate the fact that you have taken the time off to be with us. Now somebody has to draw that unfortunate short straw on the question. Nolly, you can relax. Brandon, you can't because you've got the first question. <laughs> Roger, you can relax a bit, but not too much because you've got the second question. But look, Brandon, how do you set up your business so that it can adapt? and thrive in an environment which is challenging, my God, especially now. De definitely, uh, Juliet. And, that, you know, there, there really are operational aspects, which I'll, which I'll probably talk about first, but there are also cultural aspects. Those are the two main, main things I think about. On the operational side, it'll be no surprise for any small business owners in this, in this group, but cash is king. It always has been and always will be. It's, it's, it's critical to surviving um, challenging times. So what can you do around cash? I think the first thing is just really getting that visibility, transparency of your true net cash flow position. Uh, it might be worth investing in technology integrations or getting services from your business partners, including your banking partner who can help you get that kind of visibility into your cash position. Uh, the second is just the discipline around forecasting and management of working capital. So the most important thing is having that regular drumbeat around sales and operational planning looking at your revenue forecasts, managing your order backlogs, inventory levels, cash collection, uh, et cetera. And um, in, in our own business, I can say we used to do that uh, rigorously every fortnight. Uh, when COVID hit, we moved it to weekly. And um, that really helped us kind of keep our finger on the pulse of what was going on so that we could react fast as things were changing. And that was, that was pretty critical. Um, on the cultural side, briefly, um, I think it's, if you're struggling as a business owner, taking the business through a tough time, certainly your, your team are as well. And I think employees are constantly scanning the environment to make sure it's safe. So maintaining that, a healthy culture during a tough time, there's probably three things that I'd highlight that we can dig into later. One is setting the context. Why are we doing what we're doing if we're making changes or we're, we're making some hard, uh, hard decisions? Two, predictability. What are the scenarios? And if this happens, here's how we'll respond. If this happens, here how we'll here's how we'll respond so that people and employees and the teams kind of know what the game plan is and they can, they can expect what will happen. And finally, assurance of, around the things that you will protect uh, no matter what happens uh, in terms of adversity. Um, if we hit tough times, we'll stay true to our purpose, our values, our ethics. Those, those things, I think, are three things I'd call it on the cultural side. Absolutely, because it, it is easy to lose your way when you're caught in the middle of a storm. And Roger, look, we know that everybody, regardless of the size of their business, was impacted by COVID-19. But how were you able to respond? And more to the point, what were the positives that you were able to take away from a situation that was incredibly difficult? It's weird for me because, Juliet, when I, when I first sort of started out my first business 30 years ago, I used to see challenges as a, as a negative, but... I guess as I've grown more grey hair, um, I see challenges as, a, as an opportunity to reinvent yourself. So uh, I come from a personal sort of background where I'm used to like creating a thousand fashion products a, a year. So I really embrace sort of change. I, I, I sort of enjoy change in many ways. And some of my most successful sort of entrepreneurial stories or successes have come from change. So. I've, I've really learned over time to trust my emotional intelligence. I think not enough entrepreneurs talk about 
trusting their own innate instincts within and say, this is the right thing to do. But, but I mean, to give the, 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 the listeners and viewers an example of that, you know, when we, we started Box Park, after, and we opened it just before the Olympics, after the Olympics, we lost 50% of our talents because simply they were just there for the Olympics. And we were like, you know, what do we do? And, and that actually led to some of the greatest innovations that we did. So we changed from being a retail-led development to a, a food and hospitality and leisure-led development, which has really put us in good stead in future. And then it also forces us to focus on football and and create more football because simply we didn't have it. We had, that was our problem. So I really encourage all entrepreneurs out there to, to look at change as something positive because other businesses are going through the same problems. And if you're able to resolve those problems, then you're going to be a better business than those other businesses. So, you know, I don't look at change as a negative. I look at change and difficult circumstances as a positive, because certainly in, in, in my entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial career, it's led to some of the best businesses that I've ever created. And, and it's led to making our businesses bigger and stronger for the future. Mm. Uh, it's a really powerful message that, you, that you've, you've put forward there and one which I guess resonates with you, Nolly, because look, you've had some pretty tough moments in your career. So how have you used those challenges and turned them into a positive to help build your own resilience as an athlete, because athletes do have short or the potential to have very short, limited careers through injury and all sorts of other issues as well. Yeah, look, you know, I was unfortunate that I did pick up some pretty bad injuries along the way, but I definitely believe that, you know, we're we're the, at our most uh, resilient when we're close to failure if we know our why. And as an athlete, we've got lots of whys. You know, for me, probably the toughest time was in the build-up to the Rio Olympics. And, and I think, you know, I had that massive focus. And I suppose we're fortunate as athletes, we've, we've got very, very clear goals. And, you know, speaking to my brother at the weekend, he's got a new baby. I think parents, you know, they're pretty new parents. They're pretty resilient. I don't think he ever thought he would be able to cope with hardly any sleep. And I think then, and it's something that, you know, businesses need to look at is work out your why. And I think if you've got that why, it's unbelievable how you manage to keep going and and also reflect on those tough times. You know, one of the things that we do again in sport is a lot of reflection, a lot of analysis on our performance to be able, because we're in a very, very quick turnaround um, to perform the next weekend. And and I think probably I've learned the most about my resilience as an individual when I've reflected back on some pretty bad times I don't think I really thought I was very resilient at the time I think I was really struggling but actually in the the injury I had in the build-up to the Olympic Games I'd written a, an email to retire and um, you know it took me five months just to be able to walk down the stairs and I thought you know I'm I'm less than a year from an Olympic Games and I can't walk down the stairs like how am I going to play one of the hardest sports in the world um on the biggest stage um and the the thing I went to was just work harder and to me, as an athlete, physically, more was more, like more was more was more. And I couldn't work out why I wasn't improving. And actually, I just, you know, I knew my why. I, I was had that focus. And actually, I just forgot to stop and look after myself. I'd forgotten about my own happiness. I'd forgotten about my enjoyment. Um, I'd lost a lot of confidence. I'd also lost a lot of belief because I didn't have all of those things. And, you know, I think that's probably the other thing that 
in difficult times, you need to stop and reflect about yourself. And, you know, as much as you've probably got amazing teams around you, you're focusing on what you know, try and bring in people that maybe can inspire you of what you don't know, you don't know. And for me, that was around my mental health. Um, I was kind of kind of pushed towards it um, by someone I trusted, which was great. Um, but it was a total game changer. And as soon as I focused on my own happiness, my own enjoyment, I went from not being able to, to really function uh, from moving from walking to jogging to then getting on the treadmill and running and then, you know, absolutely flew with my rehab. So, yeah, I think working out your why and then also making sure that you're in a good, solid place often helps with your resilience because it makes life so much more enjoyable. And no matter what things are thrown at you, actually, it's amazing how you can uh, can stay far more positive and you can radiate that positivity to other people. And it's, it's yielded so many wonderful professional rewards for you as well. So congratulations on that. And again, let me bring it to you, Brandon, because so much there, but it also ties in with the point that Roger made before as well about trusting your emotional intelligence. Why is it that some entrepreneurs don't trust themselves? Why is it missing? Gosh, well, first of all, Roger, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think instinct really <laughs> matters a lot. Why do why do people not trust their instincts? I mean, maybe it's not enough experience to to have the confidence to trust it. Potentially, <laughs> that would be a guess. I, I can say when I faced things for the first time, um, when when I was when we were early in our business, you know, it felt pretty foreign. Um, it felt like okay, you do go into a little bit of a panic mode of what do we do here? I haven't faced this one before. Um, but when you've been through one of those times, then the next time you just have that much more confident, like you've seen something before. And I think it just gives you the, I think it, it gives you the confidence to, to do what Roger talked about, was, which is basically pivot, pivot the business or do something different or find an opportunity in the adversity. So I couldn't agree more that the best businesses come out of you know, a crisis or a difficult time. <laughs> I think it's such an important point, but how do you build that confidence to be able to do it? I think a little bit of believing in yourself and a little bit of an experience like, hey, I can get through this. But, but it does seem a bit weird that somebody has the confidence to say, do you know what, I'm going to quit my job because I want to do this business. And yeah. then they suddenly start thinking, oh, my gosh, I, I must have made the mistake of my life. And we're not talking about that state of mind a week into the business. It could be a couple of years into the business. So it doesn't really make sense. But then, you know, if you if you don't really trust yourself, how can you build a business that's resilient and that can really withstand an unexpected shock because that's what it all boils down to at the end of the day. I, I really felt that the points that, that Nolly and Brandon made really resonated with me. And, you know, confidence just doesn't start straight away. You're not like an entrepreneur. One day you wake up and go, oh, I'm super confident. Every decision I'm going to make is absolutely correct. It, it comes with experience. And I think in the first five years of my own personal business, I went round in a big circle. You know, it, it, it didn't work. But as, as, you, as you gain more confidence in your business and your own business acumen and skills, that is when you start to trust your own emotional intelligence. So going back to something that Nolly said that I just was like nodding away on like crazy and she was talking about her why. And I, and I just wonder for the listeners out there, you know, how many of you have really got your own personal vision and your own company vision? You know what? Where do you want to go to with your company? What is your exit strategy? And does that marry up with your own personal strategy? Because I, I know in a very similar way, even though that, you know, Nolly's talking about rugby, 
actually a, a big game changer for, for me was when I started to marry up my own personal goals with my own company vision. And, and how, can you, how can you run any business without knowing where you want to get to? But actually, it's shocking the number of businesses that don't know where they want to get to. And, and I, I would challenge everyone out there that's viewing this to, to ask themselves that really hard question. That's a fundamental question of running a business. What's your personal goal? And what is the vision for your company? And do they marry up? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get the response to our other panelists on that as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think from day one, our business had a, had an, a big idea. You know, that big idea was, can we build an entrepreneurial business where everyone in the business feels like an owner uh, and acts like an owner? And not, can we actually scale a business like that? <laughs> where, every, you know, where we have more people, you know, that feel like that and behave like that every day. And it, that's a challenging goal. And in a way, it wasn't market focused. Like, can we build this proposition? It was, can we build a business that has a culture that just does something amazing that no one's ever done before? And honestly, through every step of adversity that we've faced, we've always kind of come back to that <laughs> because actually it was some of the ownership mindset and culture which got us through the tough times uh, probably best in, in a weird way. So that was kind of our, our why. Because what it boils down to, Nolly, is look, we all talk about roadmaps, but what's emerged from the guys is that sometimes it's very easy to lose where the journey is taking us on that roadmap, either because you've got so carried away, diverted down a sidetrack, or maybe you've lost the roadmap altogether, so you're trying to find it somewhere. But I mean, is, is, it, is it that different for athletics to business? Because, you know, you are an athlete. And you know you want to be the best in your in your profession, but you know that at some point it, it has to stop. Is it easier to maintain that roadmap in athletics than it is perhaps outside of that? I think we have massive, you know, tangible. We we are aiming to go to a, a World Cup or an Olympic Games. You know, they are um, a, a moment in the sand that is a massive stake that you can focus on. And interestingly, now that I've retired, the reflection actually. I was very fortunate, you know, I stood on a, a podium and lifted the World Cup and it was wonderful and I won Six Nations and I've done all sorts of things. But actually, when I look back at my career, the most enjoyable moments weren't those ones. They were they were the tough times when, you know, we were, our fitness trainer got us on the line and someone did lift their hands on the floor in a press up. So off we went again. And, you know, I've spent some time with, with rugby friends recently and all of those stories, all of the things about the journey, and as cliched as it sounds, if you do not enjoy the journey of that you're on to get to your goal, it is a slog, you know, it is a terrible slog. And, and I think we often focus on so many things that we can't do yet. And, you know, if I look back at my, my injuries, one of the biggest things someone said to me, and it was so simple, it was just focus on the things you can. You can be a you can be world class at sleeping. You can be world class the way you eat. You can be world class in the way that you analyze the opposition. Don't think about the fact that you can't um, run yet. You can't play because actually that's out of my hands. You know, when we play in a game, we can't control the weather. We can't control the opposition. We can't control just like in business. You can't control um, competition. You can't control you know, the way that the economy is flowing, but you can focus on what you can do. And I think that that's the attitude at the same time as enjoying the process, enjoying the people that you're doing it with. Um, because, you know, I, I feel like rugby is one of the best sports in the world because it's a team sport that, that needs all shapes and sizes, everything. So you get this amazing diversity, which again, I think is something really, really key. And it highlights 
you know, Roger was talking about being creative. Well, quite often creativity comes from an individual, but it also comes from diversity. And if you if, you, if your business isn't moving forward, it might be because everyone in the room is, is thinking the same as you. So that's probably another mm. thing to look at um, to help, you know, push things forward. Yeah, and I was enjoying that until you mentioned press-ups, because in being press-ups, we just simply do not get on. So just avoid that in the future, please, in our conversations. But look, Roger, come into this, because, you know, the other thing which, which Nolly touched on there is this aspect of personal resilience. So how important is it to an individual when you're actually considering the wider business itself, but also that wider world in which you're operating? It's probably the, the single most important trait that any entrepreneur can have, just if you're simply not resilient, you won't survive. I mean, unfortunately, we, we seem to be living in a business environment in which you have a lot of sort of, I don't know, people involved in technology. You know, it's almost a get-rich get scheme, and it's almost like a gold rush. Well, it, but it isn't. You know, in my own personal experience, my first business, it took me 18 years to exit from, and this business, is it's take, I'm, I'm in the business for 10 years. So, you know, you've got to have a real long-term attitude to it, not this sort of, get rich quick scheme so just personal resilience is everything it's everything about picking yourself up every day you know from all the disappointments there's no single great entrepreneur out there that's not experienced disappointments the, the the bit that sets them apart is they just get up dust themselves out down and get ready for the next battle so resilience is everything i think there's a little bit of the the kind of like there's so much capital flow today in you know you know that, that kind of back companies that people sometimes forget how hard it is to run a profitable business <laughs> because they haven't had to because the capital's been there and and you know that environment will not be here forever so if you're not already thinking about that and planning for that i think you're you, you need to start <laughs> um yeah, but that's a very fair point no, the very, very fair point. And, and let's bring Nolly into the conversation because, look, you were explaining before how you responded to, to injuries, setbacks, obviously a long recovery period, but it's not just a physical thing. It's also a mental thing as well. Let's take that concept and apply it to a last minute defeat. Put yourself on the pitch that, you know what, you've actually got the golden kick and it's the, it's the difference between a lead and a draw and you miss. <laughs> And after that, you know, the, the opposition takes and they run away with it and you're left disappointed. How do you pick yourself up from something like that? I think probably uh, acknowledge the fact that you will go through lots of different emotions and be OK with it. Be OK with being angry, being frustrated, you know, the, the, oh, you know, the blame side of things. Um, and then the, I'll prove you wrong. And, and going through that stage, I think you've got to allow yourself to, to go through that. Um, but as I said earlier, I think sport is a is amazing because we have to at um, analysis and also reflection. And I think that that's something that business really needs to do. It's, it shouldn't wait till the end of the year to look at your KPIs and to see whether you've done okay. Give yourselves a pat on the back if you've ticked, ticked all the boxes. It should be happening far more regular, you know, whether that's in a formal setting or an informal setting. We do hot debriefs, which would be straight after the match. There's a lot of raw emotion. There is everything, the feeling and the sense of, you know, the hurt or the jubilation, whatever it might be. And then we also did cold feedback, which was a couple of days later when we've seen the video, when we've had time to reflect on ourselves and, and not taking all of that personally. You know, one of the things that 
I think is the strongest part of any team is understanding of the, all of the people and knowing the person and not just the, the player or the colleague. And, and I think having those open, honest, sometimes quite difficult conversations, they can be delivered in a way that is suitable for the person, but allows you to move forward and not be afraid. I think Roger talks about not being afraid of failure, not being afraid of the fact that things might not go well to start off with, but actually reflection and feedback is, is the way to, to move forward and, yeah, that's not just feedback down. That has to be feedback up and feedback across within your company. And let's take that concept, Brandon, because, look, you obviously work with many businesses. But from your perspective, what sets apart the ones that can not only th survive, but they also know how to thrive in adversity? Yeah, and, and something Nolly just said there, it just kind of got me thinking and something Roger said as well. It's sometimes when we've built something that's great, whether that be a business or whether that be something a sports team has achieved, we almost get into protection mode of that beautiful thing we've created. And the problem with protection, protection is good, <laughs> but the problem with protection mode is you, you are less willing to change because you go more into the protect rather than, well, maybe this thing that I've built needs to completely adapt. <laughs> and I can see, you know, you've, you've read about sports teams that achieved greatness and then fallen from it and really struggled to get back. <laughs> and, and I think that might be one of the reasons because the industry or your com competitors are always moving, always innovating around you. And if you get a little bit too much trapped into the protection zone, I think you're less likely to be able to, to do that uh, adaptation. So it's, I think it's, you, you've got to, force yourself to get out of that and have people around you that are always like thinking about what's next. What are we seeing? What, what can we do next? What's the next horizon? And constantly experimenting with some of those things that turn into to maybe real next iterations of your business, if that makes sense. I 100% agree that we have become a far stronger, better team after failure. You know, after losing the World Cup in 2006 and lots of tears and lots of, you know, 2010 Home World Cup, massive England crowds. It was, you know, unprecedented, the coverage of the women's game. And we lost in the final. And, you know, that heartbreak and how we transformed and changed and adapted to then become champions the four years later. You know, four years is a long time to to work and develop. And, yeah, we definitely became far, and, and I think far better as a squad. And, and one team that is, I think, far beyond anyone else at the moment is the the black ferns the new zealand women and also you know the all blacks over their you know strong time is that actually they are continually developing even though they are world number 1 you know world number 1 isn't good enough for them and i think that it's that mindset of you know training like number 2 whether you're number one or not, um, I think it's it's always the case. And that's definitely um, necessary for businesses. You know, even if you are super, yeah. super successful, there's someone someone jumping at your heels. It's such a good point. You know, the, the reality is with, with with Box Park, for instance, as a business, we, we created the world's first pop-up mall out of containers. And, and now there's, I don't know, a hundred sort of imitation versions everywhere but we didn't rest on our laurels we're just constantly innovating and and the, and the problem is, is 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 when i went to business school 20 years ago it was all about a business plan and almost say so you could have a five-year business plan and stick to that five-year business plan i couldn't imagine any worse advice i could give to anyone than to have a five-year business plan because you've got to now just prepare for change and if you're not changing you're not innovating you're not growing then you won't succeed. And that doesn't matter whether it's sport or as a personal, or personally or in your company. 
you've got to plan for change and constantly in, innovate and improve yourself. Are you telling me that we just sort of forget about the idea of business plans? <laughs> is the business plan something which COVID has made obsolete almost or as good as? I think we encourage businesses to plan for change, you know, and oh. be less rigid, be less, this is my plan. I mean, if, you, if somebody sat down Toys R Us with their business plan five years ago, H&B or Debenhams or House of Fraser or you know, Top Man or Top Shot, well, clearly their business plan hasn't worked. Maybe they needed to plan for change more. Fantastic advice from all of you. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, sharing your thoughts and advice, etc. And I hope that our audience will be able to take something away with them and incorporate it into their businesses. But thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. We appreciate the fact that you put aside the time for us. Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit business.hsbc.com.